Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. That is correct. This is the Fizzle Show where we talk about creating your own independent business and things that are interesting to people who are creating their own independent businesses. Okay? Uh, What we understand is that it is amazing when you can live life on your own terms. All right? And a business, starting your own business, personal freedom that comes from creating your own independent financial something something. When you can do that, your life can really explode into doing a lot of cool things, but it's incredibly challenging to do that, right? It's amazing and it's possible to do it. We know because we're doing it. A lot of people we know are doing it. More and more and more people are doing it, but it is challenging. And that is why we do the Fizzle Show. And in fact, it's not just why we do the Fizzle Show. This is just a podcast form of a much bigger service that we are making. It's called Fizzle. It's a membership community that comes with both courses, all right, training on everything that you need training on. We're not all the way there yet, but we're getting there, right? I think it's some of the best training you can find in modern independent business. Call it indie business. Okay, you can call it personal business, you can call it entrepreneurship, you call it whatever. But it's not about raising funds with your venture capital buddies. This is about building something yourself. And, and it's hard to do. And that's why we created Fizzle. That's why we created the Fizzle Show. As a listener to the show, you can check out everything that we do at Fizzle when you go to fizzle.co slash try five. And that is going to get you five weeks for free if you choose to sign up for Fizzle. So watch the video on that page because... I'll be honest, there's a good joke in it in the first 15 seconds. Listen, I don't care who you are. That was fun. And, and, and there's a lot of stupid, you know, explainer videos about what companies do out there. We made a good one. And we made a good one like five years ago. <laughs> if you want to see me in my baby face, like no beard shaven Corbett, just looking pretty much the same as he ever did. He looks a little, little bit younger. You're not aging very fast, Corbett. Thanks. But uh, you got to watch that video. Fizzle.co slash try five for you Fizzle Show listeners. That gets you five weeks for free. If you choose to sign up, watch the video because it's good. You're going to like it. And honestly, we do this show because we support indie entrepreneurs everywhere. And we want to build stuff that they go nuts for. And without any further ado, this is episode 207. We're going to get started. Now, Corbett has prepared for us a meaty little roundup of a topic. Corbett, do you want to introduce us a little bit to what we're going to be talking about today? I do. You know, before we get into that, though, I was just thinking, you're you're talking about all this... uh, stuff that gets unlocked in life when you build your own independent business. Yeah. And uh, it's true. It does. But sometimes that stuff, it can be kind of heavy because Mm. you might have like 20 people come to visit you in Mexico where you live in the winter, (laughs) all in the span of two weeks. Are you saying more money, more problems? Yeah, your life is just too good. It's just too good, you guys. It's good. It's good. And then these people keep coming and trying to ruin it. <laughs> I just got off a boat like 30 minutes ago, entertaining Poor the family. Baby. And uh, here I am podcasting just like that. You guys do know that it's like blizzarding in Chicago right now. It is <clears throat> March 14th at Corbett's Steph, on a boat. God. Steph, please don't make this about you. All right. Other people are suffering too. Corbett just came off of a boat. Yeah, Steph. How do you think Come he on. feels? so insensitive. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Steph, Steph, the point is duly noted. Thank you for uh, Thank you, Steph. for bringing that. Because again, all of this is just perspective. It's just reframing. Yeah. For me, I'm like, oh, I've got my other things. Steph's like, oh, like for me, it's like I have this daughter, this baby daughter, and my wife is just like, we're 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 making it happen. We're really doing it. We're really focusing. We're really not. We're trying really hard not to worry, you guys. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like having a child uh, after you've had the experiences that we've had is is like is like both blissing out and then really focusing hard to not worry about every little thing. Chase, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because aff- you know what's at Have stake. you officially announced on this podcast, this life event? I was trying to, I was thinking about this earlier today. I couldn't remember if you think really so. told people. I think so, didn't I? I think so. If I didn't, I have a daughter now. Her name's Yay! Etney Lane Reeves and she's absolutely beautiful and she's completely unraveling my soul and I don't even think there's going to be much left after, <laughs> after I don't know, after she's done with me. And I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm like okay with that. 
As it I'm should like fine be. with that. That's how it should be when you have a daughter. <laughs> I'm like, take it all. You know, Steph's dad is a huge fan. Sorry, this is the last little thing. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I like where Sorry. This is going. I just want to go straight off into La La Land, but I'll just say this. My vision for fatherhood is basically like Steph's dad who just has his like, he's a huge fan of a musician that I really love, Pat Metheny. And I could totally picture my life being like, okay, I serve my, my ladies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have fun with my boy. And then I, 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 I get to go to Pat Metheny. Yeah. <laughs> like my wife just lets me go yeah. to Pat Metheny with my friends and probably just get drunk and high and just enjoy myself so much exactly. for that like you know one one time every quarter or something like that I, I think I could be satisfied with that mm-hmm. you know what I mean yep okay That's anyways so Corbett good point <laughs> more money more problems more money more problems <laughs> so yeah. today what uh, we wanted to go over is we have this course inside of Fizzle it's, it's awesome it's one of the most popular courses inside Fizzle it's one of the first ones that people take because it's at the beginning of the roadmap and this course is really aimed at helping people that are in one of three different situations starting out on the entrepreneurial path. The first kind are people who are saying, I just have way too many business ideas and I don't know how to choose one of them. So a lot of people fall into that category. The second category is, I don't have any ideas. How do I come up with a good one? And then the third category is something like, I have my heart set on this one idea that I've been thinking a lot about. Is this idea good enough to move forward with? So there's just all this like angst and questions that people have at the beginning of the entrepreneurial journey around choosing a business idea. And before you get into like a really specific business idea, we just call it choosing a topic for lack of a better term. And what we mean by that is the general uh, sort of bucket that your business is going to fall into. Is it fitness? Is it fashion? Is it technology? What sort of niche or topic are you thinking about? And then from there, you'll work on honing your business idea. And in the process of choosing a topic, we walk people through this um, this sort of framework. And at the end of the framework, there's a decision matrix, this thing we call a weighted average decision matrix. It's really fun. It's very assignment driven. And uh, it appeals to, you know, when you feel like it's hard to make that decision. This is supposed to help you make that decision and make it a lot easier because it makes it more objective and less just going back and forth in your head wondering, you know, is this a pro, is this a con, and, and trying to keep that all straight. So in that course, one of the lessons focuses on something we call business boosters. And I guess another name for a business booster would be a competitive advantage. And the idea here is that a business booster is just something that gives you an advantage over the competition. And again, at this stage, because we're just talking about high-level topic, you probably don't have some specific competitive advantage. This, This is just an inkling of an advantage that might give you a leg up as you're starting on this idea. And it might give weight to one of the ideas that you have over another. If you're evaluating a bunch, and one of your ideas uh, happens to have a couple of business boosters, as we call them, then that would earn more points for that idea and it would give it more weight and it might be something that you want to choose over something else that doesn't have business boosters. Is that all making Mm -hmm. sense so far, guys? Yeah, just give me another really quick, like 10,000 foot view of just like the the big concepts you just said, because you went from topic to boosters. Help me connect all the dots from even before top. You remember the first three things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... When people are trying to decide on what topic should I choose for my business, you know, maybe they're weighing in their mind, uh, I really love fashion, but I also love fitness. Like, how do I choose one of these? Yeah. The choosing a topic course walks them step by step through a number of lessons aimed at helping them delve into the things that matter in business. Um, not just business boosters. We have, we have several things in this course, including, uh, we talk about, personal interest versus uh, your ability to create value in a given topic. We talk about the difference between expertise and skill. We talk about um, identifying specific business opportunities within a topic. We talk about something we call the business reality, which is what's it like to run a business within this particular niche? What's it going to be like day to day? And are you going to even like that? And then another thing we talk about is business boosters. And today on this podcast, we're just going to focus on business boosters because this is really interesting. And I think we have some good examples to help people think through. If I'm debating one topic or another, are there any little things that could give me an advantage that might make me want to choose this topic over a different one? 
Oh, I love that. Now, what I love so much about before we just dive into these these uh, about we have five different business boosters to show and to talk about. And because if you're not using one of these business boosters in your business right now, you probably could be. You know, these are just these are strategies. These are insights about like exercises you can do to come up with a new strategy to get more viewers or buyers, more reach, more sales, more all the things that you need to do so you can get <laughs> your money coming coming together in a way that gets you on a boat somewhere in March mm-hmm. when you could be freezing your butt off in, in Chicago, <laughs> you know. So uh, so but uh, uh, what I love so much about this topic course is is to me topic course is, is this is where we start our roadmap. It's the most important thing, I think, and if you get this wrong, no matter what you do later on, you're going to be having an uphill battle. That's the way I feel about choosing a topic for your business. A lot of people think that I have to come up with this great business idea, and you don't. You have to come up with a great business topic for you. Do you know what I mean? Because if you burn out because you lose interest or because you don't feel like this topic matters very much, even though in the beginning you saw this opportunity and that felt good... And we can get bamboozled by opportunity like we talked about in the in the episode with Neville, whichever one that was. I can't remember. But that was so good, right? We get, we get bamboozled by opportunity and the, and the posts that came along with that. When you can pick a good topic for you that will not burn you out and that will not lose interest for you over time, this is when you, well, basically it unlocks one of the of the business boosters. And I just think this third business booster that we'll get into in a little bit, I'll leave it there for for us so you know number three is the one I'm talking about later on in the show. But I think that isn't even a business booster anymore almost. It's like it's a necessi- necessity for small business if you're going to differentiate yourself and if you're going to survive and do all the work you have to do. You've got to, well, I'll keep it a secret until <laughs> number three later on. See how I did that, Cora? Oh, I'm getting so good at this info gap Massive stuff, man. information gap there. Oh, man, I so, bet people are just going like, what's number three? I got to know. Gotta so anyways, know. all I have to say, the topic course is available for fizzle, in, for fizzlers, all fizzlers. And it starts our roadmap, which is guides you through every step of business stuff. This is one basically concept from that course. And we don't do a good job pulling that stuff out and into the podcast very often because, to be honest, like there's just so much to talk about in indie business. But this is a great, like, prepared, we have something meaty for you to 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 chew on in this episode. I'm so excited know? to talk about this one just because, and I feel like we mentioned this, but this is definitely, I think, one of the number one things that people are really struggling with. And I'm willing to bet there's a lot of people listening who are, like, deep in this conundrum. I had, so one thing that we do in Fizzle is this thing called a roadmap coaching session. So when you join, you get to have a special session that goes really deep into this roadmap that Chase is talking about. I had somebody on with me last night who was struggling with this exact thing. She was like, I am paralyzed with making this decision. I have a bunch of topics. Not only am I unsure of which one to pick, but I'm terrified of picking one and then regretting it. So what I'm excited to talk about today is I really think that this business booster thing, as I was kind of making my own notes. I think this is the kind of thing that could be right under people's noses that they don't even realize is an advantage. I think that's one big thing. People don't always like we have all of us have skills or experiences that are so innate to us that we forget that they're even a differentiator. So Mm -hmm. I really encourage people to think about that as we're going through. I really hope that a few ideas are sparked. Maybe you haven't even thought of these things that you have in your Mm -hmm. life as a business booster. Oh, yeah, Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, and and we're not saying that uh, any idea that you're going to choose as a business topic has to have you know all of these business boosters. But if you if you're listening to this and you're thinking about an idea and one of these you go aha I I have one of those things that's a positive sign. And if you have more than one, that's even better. So keep that yeah. in mind and maybe evaluate the ideas that you have rattling around in your head against each of these as as we go through them. You guys ready to go? Mm. I'm so excited. Yeah, ready to roll. Okay, cool. So the first one here is something we call a new and fast growing topic. And what we mean by this is that it's much easier to become an expert in a new and fast growing topic because there aren't really any true experts yet. If this, if, you know, something has just come out and there's a lot of excitement around it, there's a lot of interest in it you have an opportunity to become a fast expert because it's not as if there are people who have been studying this thing for 20 years, right? So um, just a couple of quick examples here. Like for example, um, crowdfunding was a big deal about four or five years ago. It's still a big deal now, but when Kickstarter came out and Indiegogo and all of these platforms, Patreon is another example, 
these are places where, uh, you know, people can go and, and contribute to a, a crowdfunding campaign to help get something off the ground, something that they're interested in, a product or a business or an idea or something. When crowdfunding came out, there were opportunities to become experts at crowdfunding. You could build an entire business just around helping people run crowdfunding campaigns. Or if you were even more ambitious, you could have built a crowdfunding business, right? You could have built another Kickstarter or Indiegogo or Patreon or something like that. And there are probably still opportunities there because it's not that old, but that's something that is a new and fast growing topic. And this is a business booster, again, because it doesn't require decades of experience to be an expert. It only requires maybe in some cases, months or years, depending on how quickly you jump on a topic. So when you're saying business, this is a business booster in this capacity, what we're me- what you're meaning, and tell me if I'm wrong here, Corbett, is that uh, if you choose a topic that is a you know fast growing and relatively new topic, like uh, what was the example you just gave? Why am I brain farting on that? Hello, crowdfunding. Uh, crowdfunding, yeah, like crowdfunding, something that emerged in the last uh, ten years, maybe, maybe only five, five like yeah. on, a, on a popular level. You know, that's something that's brand new. We need to know how 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 it works. People are desperate to know about it because it's growing. Not only is it new, but it's really like fast growing, mm-hmm. right? So those kinds of things. So like my example was like Bitcoin, mm-hmm. right? Bitcoin just came out of nowhere, and then all of a sudden it was like a really big deal for a while. Yeah, and then up beyond and behind Bitcoin, the technology that supports that is blockchain itself, which is which is creating all sorts of amazing amazing, you know, things that could be potentials for our world in using the, you know, that, that can, that can be effective in technology doing the things that we need them to do. And it's something that's hard to understand, but something that's important and relatively new. And so there's a whole world of people to, that are going to be needed to educate more and more and more and more people, developers, businessmen, entrepreneurs. Uh, uh, by the way, businessmen is like such an outdated term. Why did I say that? I apologize to everyone <laughs> listening because that was offensive even to men. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that was offensive, not just to the, to, the, to the women out there, but just to like, to call a man a businessman is just like the biggest slight in the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe I don't know. Not. I'm laughing at my at my own joke because I'm just picturing my dad in his three button blazer, and I'm just going like, "You businessman." <laughs> so to me, it is a little bit of an insult. Um, but anyways, so when you're saying this is a bu- a business booster, that you're talking about something that's brand new or or newish and fast growing, you're saying this is an opportunity to be. This can be a little jet fuel for you. Exactly. Right? To, it, to faster growth. It means that, yeah, you will likely get traction faster because there's all this interest out there on a new topic and there's not a whole lot of people filling that interest yet. Now, there is a, a, a bandwagon effect, right? When, for example, when social media became a really popular thing, a ton of people decided to start businesses that helped people with social media, essentially. They, they became self-proclaimed social media experts. And that's really good for a while, for a couple of years, that can be Mm -hmm. a gravy train for people that are early on in that space. And then eventually a lot of people catch on. And if there aren't any barriers to entry, if it's not that hard to get into, then, uh, then, you know, there might be uh, too many people. So you have to kind of judge at what point this topic is along that that spectrum of being new and fast growing and how fast growing it truly is. But this, mm. you know, points to a potential opportunity to get traction faster than if you chose some, you know, boring topic that's been around forever. Uh, you know, if you choose something like art, for example, it's not to say there aren't tremendous opportunities in art, but the amount of demand and supply is pretty much fixed. You know, there are people that have been mm-hmm. art dealers for three generations of families, and there's only so many people that are interested in buying art or learning about art. So that's, you yeah. know, just, it's going to be more of a slog in that sort of an industry versus something that's new and fresh and hot, and there's this groundswell of interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Steph, did you get, did you have one to share on that one or no? I do. I was thinking about kind of like minimalism. There's been a lot of zero waste lifestyle type stuff, tiny houses. Mm -hmm. Don't you guys feel like that stuff is everywhere? Oh yeah. 
Um, and a real example of this, I was thinking about minimalist fashion. This has been like huge on the internet lately. There's one in particular, a uh, girl named Caroline Joy has a website called Unfancy. It's U-N dash fancy. And she kind of like, I don't know if she invented or she certainly is sort of like the leading person on this idea of capsule wardrobe, which is essentially having, I think it's the way she does it or the way she used to do it at least was like 37 pieces in your wardrobe. And she lays out exactly what's in her capsule every single season as, and she actually, yeah. I think she has like a, a, a handbook for people about how to design your own capsule wardrobe. So talk about hitting just like that. She's just like is the, on the perfect wave of this whole sort of like simplifying, um, yeah. pairing things down in your life. And she does it really well. So that's one example people can check out um, if they're interested in this particular type of business booster. Mm, what I love about that example so much is, is minimalism isn't a new idea, but it's emergent right. in our culture. Yep. Right. And so, I mean, I could we could probably speak at length about the difference between those two because I think they probably do preach in an, in an effective way about and and give people fresh ideas. But that's very true that minimalism as an idea is emergent in our culture because for some reason it appeals to us. It's on the rise. It's becoming popular, and it might fizzle out uh, in the next ten years, or it might continue to become as as much of a staple of what you know future society looks like as any of the other things that have stuck around, like meat eating or something like that. You I know, guess that's kind like of these are just, these are ideas. Yeah, that's something interesting to think about, too. I almost feel like the whole minimalism thing is like a, the hangover effect from like a very heavy period of consumerism. So I don't know. Again, yeah. One thing to consider for people is maybe think about what's really hot right now, because if you think of the opposite of that or like the pendulum swinging in the other direction, maybe mm-hmm. maybe that'll be what's yeah. big. Ten, like I imagine in five or yeah. 10 years from now, there's going to be some kind of wave about like social media detox or like Internet yeah. You know, because right now it's like all the rage totally. to document every moment of your life on Instagram. So I don't know. It might be interesting to try to like brainstorm what the next in a, in a way you can kind of predict what the what the new and fast growing thing is going to be based on the, the current trend. I think mm-hmm. you really can. Yeah. And, and and it's and it's uh, what, what's the word for that? Corbin? It's speculative. You know, it's speculative, but you can be really informed. Like you can, I guarantee you 90s fashion is making a huge impact. And anybody who's like paying attention to, to you know, the edges of fashion, it's already happened yeah. and you know it's a foregone conclusion, right? Yeah. But it's still speculative as to whether that will go massive in terms of into our high schools. You know what I mean? And into like, into like our Taylor Swifts and our everything like that, if it becomes like a, an actual global trend, like, like trends have, have done in the past in terms of fashion. And I, that's why I like, you know, I like using concepts like emergent here because some of them stick. Like I, I'll never forget when I heard someone explain that a zeitgeist is a shift that stays shifted. And what you want to do is you want to build a business toward like into a zeitgeist that's just emerging. And that's shifting something in our culture that's going to stay shifted. Because I think, like Hegel said, and like Buddha himself said, it's like you have, uh, you're going to have a, a, there's a middle way, right? So there's like too much capital or too much consumerism. Then there's middle, you know, minimalism. And then what's the middle way? What's conscious consumerism? or sustainable minimalism or something. You know what I mean? Like what's mm-hmm. the middle way? And that's where I think if you wanted to go long-term, that middle way will probably be the zeitgeist that stays shifted. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Anyways, I love this stuff so much. To me, that feels like the big game because they're just memes. They're ideas that are that are like kind of, they're like genetic ideas that like are viruses and they can either take root or not. And I, I don't know. I spent too much of my time in Cosmonaut Village like le- learning about this idea that the medium is the message and all that kind of stuff. Anyways. I will yeah. stop there now, because it's almost mind, happening. Keep in mind with this particular business booster that there's also a risk here. And Chase just said it, this, that these ideas can either take hold and root or they can fade. And a lot of times when something's new and, and quick, you know, fast growing, it can fade just as quickly as it, as it became popular. Like Bitcoin, for example, is, has faded considerably in the past couple of years. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, a great if, example. if you decide to build a business around one of these, it may very well be that you get a lot of traction and then that traction sort of slowly dies as the topic dies. Or maybe you position yourself as an expert and uh, some of that initial interest fades, but there's still a core there. Um, so just keep that in mind. That's one of the risks with choosing a new and fast growing topic. And there's, you know, no way to predict that future. Um, but you know, sometimes it's fun to take a gamble on it because that rush of that initial traction is, is pretty fun when it happens. Mm, Got it. So So, new and fast growing topic is the first business booster. You, if you can make your business about this this is a potential rocket fuel 
for your business. Exactly. And, and I did that, uh, myself when I started blogging back, um, in 2009, I started a a general blog about, uh, asking myself questions about life and career and, and the intersection in the, between them. And then I found that there were these topics that were really popular at the time around location independence, being able to live and work anywhere you choose and lifestyle design, sort of being able to design your, uh, your career around your life instead of the other way around. And so I latched onto those things and I started writing specifically about those things. And that helped me get traction really quickly. Uh, we still talk about some of those things today, but my entire business isn't necessarily based around that, but I was able to use that momentum that I gained from that early traction to help mm. me, you know, move from one business idea to another. So it can work. You know, what's if- also interesting here is, is the idea of, of, I don't know, just like, in, like na- new and fast growing mediums, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can yeah. be just first, remember like Vine, like I like you could right. just be first on Vine early on making great content. And you remember how much Gary Vaynerchuk was pimping Vine at the time? He's yeah. the media guru, right? He's saying, hey, hey, companies spend money on this stuff. Nobody spends money on Vine today, right? But for right. a little while, Taco Bell used it to get to, to be to feel relevant, you know, to to kids. And like, so I'm glad that we provided that for Taco yeah. Bell, you on know, in some hand. new thing. If on the other hand, if you had invested in Instagram at the same point and now you have a massive account because you've been around for five years, yeah, that could be yeah. really, really valuable. So sometimes these bets really pay off. So yeah, totally. uh, n- number two, uh, business booster is something that might seem a little bit obvious, but we want to bring it up because it can be a tremendous booster and a lot of people overlook it. And that is existing expertise. This is something that you are already deeply invested in or good at something that maybe you did professionally, something that you studied and spent a lot of time at. And unfortunately, when it comes to building a business, a lot of people, for some reason, throw away their existing expertise and decide to start over on some new topic, maybe because it seems more fun or maybe because they're kind of out of ideas in terms of how this existing expertise could be leveraged. But if you instead see if there's a way to leverage the expertise in a fresh way that is fun for you and also creates opportunities for a great business idea, then it can be a really great advantage. Uh, I'll just start with a couple of examples here. One example is uh, there's a site called Scott's Bass Lessons. You guys should check it out if you're at all interested in music or how a business could be built around music. Scott was a uh, professional touring electric bass uh, player and eventually started teaching people on YouTube. And then turned that expertise, you know, he had 20 years of knowing how to play the bass and, and several years of teaching people. And he used to teach people just like everybody does in a room with one student, but he started teaching people on YouTube. Those YouTube videos went really popular. And then he started a, um, an academy of sorts for people to learn how to play electric bass. And I know from the last conversation I had with Scott about this, that he earns an inordinate amount of money from his academy and, uh, it, (laughs) The, the earnings that he had as an actual professional musician touring pale in comparison to what he's doing with that today. So that's an example of somebody who used his existing expertise. Instead of going, oh, I'm going to start a business on Bitcoin, he decided, what could I do with knowing how to play bass because I've invested so much into it? That's mm. paid off tremendously for him. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, Steph, what, what about examples? you on this one? Yeah, for okay, so my all-time favorite story on this one is something that came out of the Courage and Clarity podcast. So if you guys are interested in this story, you should go listen to the episode that I did with my friend, Christina Scalera. She is a fizzler, and she has this just amazing story of she was an attorney, and she had like always kind of, you know, achieved and achieved, and she got her first job that she thought was her dream job in uh, a, I think in a company. She was like in, in-house on the legal team, and she just hated it. So she went in the total opposite direction and she tried to become a yoga instructor and have a health and wellness blog. And she says, she talks about it in the episode, but she, the reason she did that is because she really, it's exactly what Corbett said. She thought she had to go in a totally opposite direction to get away from the feelings that she was having about her career at the time. And she tells this amazing story of being in a room with other entrepreneurs who were struggling with legal issues. She was at the table as a prospective yoga instructor and she ended up like schooling everybody there 
about legal stuff. And she kind of looked at herself and was like, what the heck am I doing trying to have a health and wellness blog, which is like totally not me. And then all of a sudden she felt like a magnet. People are asking her so many questions about legal stuff for her business. So she has built a super successful business as an attorney for creatives. And it's such a cool story. I always think of this when I think of expertise, because you would think it was obvious, like, hello, go do legal stuff for, for creatives. But to her, Mm. it just totally did not occur to her at the time that that could be a business. Mm, such a great story. So powerful. And yeah, what episode was that? Do you remember? I think was it was, epi- the, it was three and four of the Courage and Clarity podcast. Okay. So yeah, Episodes go to, cur- three and four. Go yeah, to no, courageandclarity.com was- and check it out because she's, she's fantastic. I still remember her story. Yeah, because, because that was, it was just like, I resonate so much with that feeling of like, well, what I really want is to do, the, like I'm really into like health and wellness and like more peaceful, like present mindfulness, mm-hmm. like living life like that. I'm really into this. And there's probably, I don't know, 4,000 people listening to the show right now who are like thinking of trying to build a business in that space. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, I really want that kind of thing. But she had done the work of building expertise and what she really, what what ended up opening up for her was to be able to do what she already was an expert in, Mm -hmm. in a very present, mindful, you know, independent business kind of way instead of working at some firm. Yep. You know, total, total fresh possibility that she never even thought was possible exactly until she until she clicked the ejector button and started going like i think i need to you know be a yoga instructor mm-hmm. yeah i don't know for me i think of when i think of existing expertise you know it made me think of my youtube channel that i have where i just review bags i just <laughs> love bags and i i love bags that's what i should name it it's like hi my name is chase and i love bags <laughs> <laughs> but uh the reason why i'm able to do that is because it costs me almost nothing to make those videos it's it's kind of easy and first of all it's really easy second of all it's kind of fun you know to throw together the video i'm good at a handful of things that are needed to make that happen, like the, mm-hmm. you know, filming and the being on camera and the editing, right? And the reaching out to companies to get bags sent to me for free because I'm not going to buy bags. You know, for some reason, I'm decent enough at all of these things and I'm able to kind of play. So it feels like play to me because of all this prior experience that I have on on all of the the, the actual technical details you know, anyone like Steph has said before, anyone who's trying to do a podcast, you're going to learn, if you haven't done it before, how much technical details there are in creating an episode of a podcast, mm-hmm. exporting it, uploading it, putting a title to, on it, getting the description put together, putting together your show notes, scheduling that, settling up, setting it up with iTunes, doing that every week. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, yeah. it's actually a bunch of stuff you have to do. But when you're good at it, when you can do that in your sleep, like I can with video, uh, it it's just, it becomes a total big asset. And so for those reasons, like I can make this fun content that's just for fun for me, but it's just, it continues to grow in popularity. And now I have a little community of like, of people who are just like, they just watch the videos because they're not even interested in bags anymore. They just think it's funny. And that's like, okay, this music to my ears, let's do it. You know, all because I knew I have these tools and I know how to do them. You know, so existing expertise can be an absolute, complete differentiator uh, and a business booster, like rocket fuel for your business. Mm-hmm. You ready to get on to number three, Chase? You tease us so much about. Oh, it I'm earlier. teasing, People but I'm going to tease you a little. I'm going to tease you even a little bit further because today our episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. Okay, FreshBooks is small business accounting software. This is a. This is a. They're supporting us, and so I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this before I go on to the next thing, which is a really good business booster, you guys. FreshBooks, though, is a cool accounting software for small business owners. I think for especially if you're a freelancer and if you're not using something like FreshBooks, I doubt that you aren't using something like FreshBooks. If you, for by some chance, aren't using some online tool that makes your bookkeeping and accounting really easy, you should look at FreshBooks. Okay, it's just been redesigned from the ground up, and it's been around for a long time. It's got a huge reputation, really, really like sparkling reputation on the web as far as web services go. Love these guys for what they stand for. Okay. So here's one little thing that it does uh, really easy is cash flow tracking. Okay. So all those little details about cash flow are kept in one place so that FreshBooks knows exactly what invoices you sent, when you sent them, who's paid you, and who owes you what. If you're a freelancer, that is like music to your ears. Okay, now FreshBooks is offering Fizzle Show listeners a whole month of unrestricted use. So if you just want to check it out, you can get it for a month for free because you're a listener of this show and they like us and they really want you to try them out uh, and they're paying us to do that. 
So you can go to freshbooks.com slash fizzle and enter fizzle in the how did you hear about a section. That's freshbooks.com slash fizzle. Our thanks to FreshBooks for supporting independent business and the fizzle show. Okay, Corbett, I'm finally ready for number All right. Man, you made us wait so long. Mm-hmm. Number three I, I on the list of business boosters is simply something that you love more than most people, maybe in an unhealthy way, maybe something that you eat, sleep, and breathe and just obsess about. And the reason this is a business booster is because excitement, curiosity, love for something can be an incredible motivator. And that motivation can give you a distinct advantage over other people who don't care as much. Because there are people out there in every industry, every topic, who are doing it just because they perceive it as an opportunity. And when you're doing something opportunistically, you're not going to be the kind of person that stays up till two in the morning researching the latest, greatest way to do X, Y, and Z within this this particular topic because you're not obsessed with it. So that obsession can be something that drives you to do great things. Uh, An example that I like to use for this one is our uh, good friend, the late Scott Dinsmore, who had an incredible obsession with helping people find careers that they truly loved. Scott hated it when he had a friend who didn't love their job, right? When people complained about their job or their career path, Scott would meet with them, and he did this for years before he ever started Live Your Legend. He was the go-to guy that everybody knew if you were down about your career, you would go meet and have a chat with Scott, and he would do you know all of these little assessments about what you were into and what you were good at and help you find a way to reinvigorate your career or pursue something else that you could truly love. And that obsession, paying attention to that for so long and putting in all those hours and reading those books, like what color is your parachute over and over and over again, Scott used that to eventually start Live Your Legend, which became a really, really popular site. So obsession, think about something that you stay up thinking about, something that you do for fun because you love it so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I think of this one, I just think of, you know, this idea of more passion yeah, and I hate that word. We've 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 clarified that word so much, but it does preach a little bit, okay? Because I do think if you care more, care is the other word. So you can think about this business booster as passion or care or personal interest, all right? But it's something that for some reason you're really turned on by, you know? So for me, I'm really turned on by comedy. I'm really turned on by uh, by uh, like just the way that comedians can do like just outlandish and crazy and super offensive ideas and present them in a way that is just like cathartic to to all present, you know, except for like a few. But she shouldn't have been out at that night anyways. You know what I mean? And neither should he. Like they're like, you know, grandparents showed up and like, yeah, actually, Louis C.K. is not a good show for you, grandma. Don't, you don't want this one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, so for some reason, I just love that. And I love, uh, I love the history of advertising or something like that. And so I personally have sort of studied that just as a, just as a hobby, like not in a way that's like necessarily going to, I think in some ways it could, it could influence my business, but around these personal interest things. And I think it's some people out there, when you think about personal interest, you probably go, I don't know. I like to watch the game. You know, I like to eat fried chicken and just chill out with my family. I don't know. I don't know. You know? And then, and so this one might be real hard for you. That's where I like the term care so much. And again, this is when in the very beginning when I was talking about how, how the topic course, it fits, this topic is the expression of personal interest into actual value making, which is necessary for doing a business. You have to solve a problem. You have to do a, have a problem solution combination in your business. This is called value creating, being something that's valuable to a certain kind of person right? But if you don't personally care for it uh, or have some sort of like spark inside you about it, you might not be able to compete with others who do. The best, best thing about the internet right now is that you can do anything you want and it, can, and it facilitates so much of what you could potentially want to do. You can connect to thousands and thousands and thousands, if not hundreds and thousands and millions of people for your thing if you care enough to invest enough to learn enough 
to in, be insightful enough, to do enough research, to be, I don't know, to, to, to have that jet fuel inside of you to do more than the other guy because doing this actually gives you energy instead of taking it away from you, right? So if, you're per, if your topic for your business is a drag, you are gonna be fighting an uphill battle. But if your topic for your business fires you up like Scott's did for his, I'm, I don't know, guys. I kind of just feel like this is, and I don't mean it like you don't have to be like find your passion. I don't, none of, we don't mean there's one passion for you. We mean there's a spectrum of things you care about. If you just pick anything in that spectrum that gives you energy instead of taking it away, you might be so much more likely to succeed. And I, and I personally feel like that's like, I guess from like just like a spiritual, like, so what are we doing on this earth sort of thing? It's like, dude, you're going to spend a lot of your time doing your business. So you might as well enjoy yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that Jim, Quir Jim Carrey quote, yeah. you could fail doing something you, you hate. So why not try to fail doing something you love? Right. So first of all, from that perspective alone, it's like, duh, it's a deal breaker there for me. I'm like, OK, you've already got me. But then when I add on this fact that you are more likely potentially to succeed if you are more driven about your topic, if you are personally more invested in your topic and in the problem that your business solves than your competitor. I think it's a very powerful competitive advantage. And I think anybody today doing small business because it's so competitive out there because it's so fragmented and crazy and hard to get your like 5,000 people to pay attention to you on Instagram, let alone your thousand true fans will buy anything you need, anything you make, right? Uh, it's really difficult to do that. Uh, so you've got, you've got to have some jet fuel in your, in your tank from one of these business boosters. And I just think this is becoming one that like, is a clear winner for like an almost mandatory for like, these are the only businesses that excite me mm -hmm. personally. When I hear of someone that's just like, dude, I just love this. Like that Scott Dinsmore story. You know, I'm just like, I love that. I love that so much, but it doesn't mean that you light up like crazy. Every time you talk about, it. I'm not talking about it, like you don't get all stressed out about finding your passion. You know, like we talked about so many times before. It just means that you're on it, 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 it. When you do the work to, to resonate with the story that your business is serving, like for me, for Fizzle, the story that we serve is per, everything that we talk about in the intro, right? Creating a personal business, creating your own independence, your own freedom, financial freedom, doing life on your terms. Because I believe people should enjoy their lives and not contribute to the sufferings of others in it, you know, and not be like held, you know, captive to some boss that's like, yeah, I need you to come in on Saturday. You know what I mean? All these companies can be so demeaning and dehumanizing. So anyways, because I care about that, I can do my little song and dance in my journal, fizzle.co slash journal, if you want to learn how to do this, to get fired up and to get resonating on a level that's like, okay, so what do we need to do next? And that's where I come up with my podcast topic ideas. That's where I come up for the strategy for where's Fizzle going next? What's the next course? How do we support our, our entrepreneurs more? How do we do more for the people within Fizzle? From that energy right there. As you can see, I get fired up even talking about it. Mm -hmm. Sorry, but not sorry. So <laughs> Deal with I'm it. hearing two important things about this one from you guys that I think maybe bears repeating. So first, it's it, you. this might give you a competitive advantage because you're just so motivated to learn about it that you don't mind putting in the extra time and staying up late or whatever that looks like in order to do more with it. You're just naturally more engaged. But the other thing that Chase was just getting at that I think is also really interesting and ties into my example is this is something that you can't replicate when your customers are looking at you. Like you guys can probably think of people who just live their brand to the point where you're like, Oh my God, like I almost want to try their stuff just because they believe in it so much. Like you can tell, you can tell the difference between someone who's like, yeah, I have a business and someone who's just like living it the way that Corbett said. And the example for me is, yeah. I don't know if you guys have heard of Diane Sanfilippo. She wrote a cookbook mm. called practical paleo. And she's yeah. had this podcast forever called the balanced bites podcast. I, think she's one of the earliest pioneers of the paleo diet, at least, at mm. least for me, like she was my entry point into this way of eating. Like maybe it's gotta be over five years ago at this point, she's been in the game for a long time. And she like really lives this paleo thing. First of all, I think she's from Jersey. So she's kind of got that like 
a little bit of that in your faceness about it, but she's almost got this swagger about this lifestyle where she's like, you need to try this because it's going to make you feel so good. It's going to address all your autoimmune issues to the point where as the consumer, you're like, oh, okay, I better try this paleo thing. Like it just sells yeah. it in a different way. Cause you can tell that she is eating, living, breathing, waking up, thinking about paleo <laughs> all the time. And it's just so different than someone who's like, yeah, this is how I eat. It's kind of interesting. So from a consumer perspective, you can, I think you can really tell the difference between those two different types. Yeah. It makes me think of maybe we should add another business booster here, Corbin. And it's just, if you're from Jersey, if <laughs> yeah. you're from Jersey, you know what you, I mean? You, totally. you, it's so true though. It's so true. It's like, if you sound if like you're this, from when you somewhere talk that has swagger, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all my, all my East coast friends. I love you. Don't worry. I promise. I love East coast people, but they can be like, you know, yeah. they bring it, they bring it to the table. They bring they it. It's there's more people. There's more. There's, you know, it's like my friend Derek Alpern. It's just like that's just who he is, and that's a function of his success. You got to say the same about Donald Trump. He just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't care. He's like, I'm not doing this for my health. I'm doing this because I get off on it. So deal with it. You know, <laughs> exactly. there's just something about that swagger that's like it works on people clearly. All right, you guys ready for number four? Let's do it. Yeah. All right, number four, business booster. We're talking about um, inside connections here. So this is knowing someone or having access to resources that can give you advantages in a particular industry, all right? So maybe your uncle is a famous CEO of some big-time company. Well, maybe you could leverage that somehow. Or a real-life example from my life is my father-in-law. When he was around 50 years old, imagine this, he had to completely start over in his career. For the first 30 years of his career, he was a forester, and that is a dying industry in a lot of ways, and the company that he had worked for that entire time went out of business, and he had to decide what he was going to do next. And when you're 50 years old, you don't have a whole lot of time to you know, pursue some new expertise or spend time scaling up a business or trying something that's, that is likely to fail. So instead, Jim... My father-in-law was able to use inside connections. One of his best friends was a real estate appraiser. So it was really easy for Jim to start a new business as an appraiser because he was connected to someone who could show him the ropes, uh, you know, lead him through the process, sponsor him through the apprenticeship, that sort of stuff. And so he was able to get it off the ground in a couple of years. And then he had a a great second career as a real estate appraiser and actually just retired uh, last week from that. So Inside connections, knowing someone who can put you in touch with the right people, who can give you access to resources or to an audience or something like that, that can give you advantages over the competition can be a great business booster. Mm, Love that. Steph, what do you have on this one? So this one is also an example from my own life. So it makes me think of here in Chicago, I have a friend who I just know like through a few different people, not business related at all. She is in charge of all of the BNI business networking international groups. So if you guys are mm-hmm. familiar with these, they're those referral groups where there's usually all different types of industries. They get together and they do a little spiel about themselves. And you, the idea being you kind of dig into your Rolodex and you give referrals to people that might need your services. So it's a great way uh, if you're an in-person kind of business, especially to get referrals, which are just so huge for the people who go to these things. So I have a, a friend of mine, she literally runs all of them in Chicago. So for me, when I was starting my own business and I was you know, writing about topics like how to find the right career and how to you know, d- like discern your strengths and things of this nature... I sort of naturally drifted in the direction of coaching because I had access to all of these BNI meetings in Chicago. And Chicago's a big place. There's like 10 different meetings. And my friend is wonderful. And she was like, tag along with me anytime. So I would go with her and give my little spiel. And I totally got referrals. And my first career coaching clients were absolutely through this referral network. So for me, it was just tapping into somebody that I knew in the community that could kind of help me get my services up and off the ground. Love it. Yeah, so good. I, when I th- when I heard this one first, Corbett, I had thought about my my brother and the or uh, he we're from the Bay Area, and my grandpa's been in San Jose area. He was born and raised in Lodi. You know, through the Great Depression, his his dad was the dairy farmer in Lodi. Who my my grandpa was delivering milk through the Great Depression to families that couldn't afford it, and my grandpa would just like leave the milk there and go like the cows just keep making milk. And to his dying day, he still got paychecks from 
uh, like like for 15 cents or something like that. Like someone put 15 cents in a handwritten letter in an envelope and send it to Dick Chapel because he uh, he was I don't know because he because they wanted to pay him back. You know, like what an what amazing. So he's been in the, the area for so long. Eventually moved to San Jose and just early days San Jose knew and had relationships with all these real estate developers and it was like big time real estate development down there right so when my brother comes into the workforce after you know being a professional bro all his life you know captain of the damn football squad homecoming king goes to you or goes to san diego state with all the other bros and just bros out super hard you know like just and then he's like i need to get a job he just goes you know path of least resistance to a world where he has some in uh, in the developers in in the Bay Area, right, which is a very different world now. But my, but a call from my grandpa got him a great a great position there. That of course my brother hated. After a couple of years, he was like, "This is so. This is such a bummer." But at least he had that opportunity in the first place. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not a great story to tell to, to remind you about this. <laughs> but I think of you know, for instance, us and Fizzle. We have relationships because of who Corbett and I have been in the blog world. Uh, and mostly Corbett, I'll be honest, but I'm a good time too. And I start to get that reputation and Steph's on her way to be known as this sort of entity. You know, you go to conferences, you want to hang out with the cool people, right? And so Corbett's always been one of the cool guys um, because he's, he's a good time. He knows where the party is. He knows uh, how to like throw a dinner party and do all the things. And, and so do I. So we have these relationships with other entrepreneurs who are very successful and these are all friends and we have the same concerns. We have the same cares. We have the same struggles, you know, and, and I bet that they don't know how much I'd be willing to do to help them. Right. And I, and I wonder if I don't know how much they'd be willing to do to, do to help me. Yeah. Right. And, and so, so those relationships you have don't have to be like finding a job. They can also be like things you can do to increase your awareness into other audiences. Yeah. And, and you better believe that if, if either one of us had to start over in business, we would be considering different topics and ideas. And, and in that consideration, we would be thinking about, well, who do I know and how could those relationships matter to the business that I'm starting or how could I be helpful to them in a way that they might want to reciprocate or something? And yeah. um, that's the point of number four, just you know, thinking about who you have access to and how that might give you a leg up over the competition. This, I think, is the big sort of like takeaway that anyone can do no matter what stage of business you are right now. Uh, you can write on a list the people that you know personally or have relationships with in some way mm-hmm. that you have access to, right? You can make that list. And then you can you can evaluate, like, okay, so where are there strategies or opportunities where there's a win-win for us both in this thing? Either because we're both personally interested in this thing, we care about it. This is another total business, you know, this is a, an exponential awesome thing that can happen when you're doing a business that is intentionally and, and inherently something that matters, not just to you, but to other people. Mm-hmm. So for us with Fizzle, anytime we hire, people know who we're about and what we're about right? They know we're about indie entrepreneurship. And, uh, you know, just like the fact that they, like you stole, you told Jim's story, Corbett, and there's no guarantees. Mm-hmm. You work for a company your whole life and they fire you or the company goes out of, out of business, you know, because the economy shifted or something like that, right? There's no guarantees and there's no security. So you might as well do your own hunting, create your own business. It's just as it's as more possible now than it ever was. And this is something that actually we're all finding a lot of like self-actualization and development from, right? So because we serve that story, that's almost a spiritual story. You know, it's something that represents things that we really care about and that other people really care about. And so that that greases the wheel for us to have more opportunities to do things with other people. I think, you know, because... Sorry, go, go for it. <laughs> I was just going to add, I think it's really... So I like what you said, Chase, about making the list. And I, I maybe in my example should have been starting up the Courage and Clarity podcast. I totally had to do this. I was like, okay, who can I get on my show? Who do I know? And for people out there who are like, I don't know anybody, that is BS because you totally do. I would encourage people having just done this myself and still doing it, actually. You have to get kind of creative. It's not just, oh, I'm best friends with Gary Vaynerchuk. No, but you can say like oh, Gary Vaynerchuk was on my friend's sister's podcast. Maybe I could get an introduction. Like sometimes it's kind of a long shot like that. And you have to get really creative and say, is there any chance you can introduce me? And then those connections I have found so far in my experience producing, I don't know, 15 episodes of my own podcast, like your web kind of starts to get bigger as you go. So in the beginning, I think you, if you feel like you don't know anybody, you really have to go deep and uh, be willing to, you know, ask people to introduce you. 
Love that. Okay, we should do uh, rapid fire on this last one okay. here, Corbett, the right. fifth business booster. Yeah, this last one is is quick because it's really the wild card. It's just thinking through anything else that can give you an important advantage over the competition. And I mean, it could be anything. I mean, maybe your family owns a storefront downtown somewhere. And so you think, well, how could that be used in a business? Or uh, for me personally, having a background in being able to write software allowed us to create the Fizzle platform quickly and cheaply and to build something that nobody else with an online community has. So it's not necessarily directly related to the topic that you're starting your business on, but it's something that could be an asset that can give you some kind of an, an advantage. And so just make a list of all of those things, anything that you have access to, connections to, or you know, skills or backgrounds or something that you can use in starting your business to give you an advantage. And sometimes these skills could apply to more than one topic. I have a really mm -hmm. fun random one for this. <laughs> this love is hilarious. It, it? So there is an Instagram account that I love. It's called This Wild Idea. I may have mentioned this a while back on this show, but it's at This Wild Idea. I think he's got a website, thiswildidea.com. It's this guy who takes these beautiful photos. He kind of has this nomadic sort of country camping lifestyle. The pictures are really pretty. And that in itself is not the business booster. But for him, he has, and she has become the anchor and the focal point of most of his pictures. He has this beautiful, cooperative, super sweet dog who will do like so many different things in the picture. She like sits on people's laps and she does all these crazy things in the picture. And it is just like, so most dogs would not be this. She seems like just mm. this very special dog and it has totally set his brand apart. You can absolutely identify his pictures and his account is now massive and he does all kinds of collaborations with brands and gets paid for those. But for him, this dog is like totally his wild card. And I think it's just like so funny and what an awesome thing to be known for. I don't know. It's just really random. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. When I th I don't know, this wild card one is, is hard for me. I just thought of like, it just sounds like it's a catch all for other things that, that we haven't yet identified that can still be business boosters. Am I hearing that one, Corbett? Yeah, exactly. And, and it's mostly because uh, competitive advantages, you know, if, if they are unique, there are things that we probably aren't going to think of. They're not going to be, yeah. you're not going to be able to create a blanket statement for them. And uh, this is just where you have to dig deep and brainstorm and make a list of all the things that could yeah. potentially be useful to you in business. That makes me think of like just, you know, personal authenticity, just authenticity, being what you know yourself to be at whatever level that you know yourself to be. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so just like unapologetically being yourself in business can lead to and, or, and, and or just trusting yourself in business. Like, I feel like doing this, but I don't see anybody else doing that. Should I do it anyways? Do you know what I mean? Right. Like that's, that's where authenticity happens. That's where creative freedom happens. And I think that that is, I don't know, that's that, that could be like the ultimate wild card that gives you insight and access to all sorts of other things that can be business boosters for your business. Because in some ways, all of these expertise, more passion, here's the, from the beginning, a new and fast growing topic, having expertise that exists in something, you have more passion than someone else about something, or you have inside connections about something. All of these, you know, except for maybe the first one, have to do with your first, like your, your authentic sort of self anyways. You know what I mean? If you have existing expertise, well, by God, use it. If you have more passion than someone, well, please use it. Do you know what I mean? If you have inside connections, use them. And so in some ways, these business boosters are all ways of, of, of like questions of asking you, like, so what is in you that isn't in everybody else? You know? Yep. I don't know. But that's where we should end it because the music's starting up. Oh, no, not the Guy, music. Cor Corbett, great job putting together this episode. I thought this was great, great topic on, on just thinking through how you can differentiate yourself if you already have a business or what categories you can hold yourself accountable to uh, or kind of like, um, I let, that's why I love it. In the, if you got to take the choosing a topic course because these become things you evaluate your topic by and they're not the only things you should evaluate your topic by. There's much more in the course that Corbett got into in the intro. But uh, I have been at Chase underscore Reeves. Uh, I've been at Corbett Barr. I have been uh -huh. at Steph Crowder underscore. 
<laughs> and we'll see you there. Or we'll, we'll see, see you on another, another time. time. <laughs> so there you have it. Guys, thank you so much for listening. You are our Fizzle Show listeners, and we love you. If there's any way we can serve you better, please don't hesitate to write us at support at fizzle.co. If you want to see the show notes and links from this episode, go to fizzleshow.co slash 207. And if you want to get one of our free guides that are available to you at all times, these are really, really useful, highly distilled, really chewy pieces of content that you can download and they're beautiful, like the 20 unique selling proposition examples. Uh, There's a guide that we made that looks awesome and it's going to help you figure out what your USB is. You can find that in all of our guides at fizzle.co slash guides. When you do that, you'll be on the list and we can send you information when we release a new episode and when we make new guides in the future because we're making them all the time. Here's a quick iTunes review from Garrick GGJ in Australia who says, brilliant stuff. If you're on a long drive by yourself and want to be part of some great, broad-ranging conversations, these podcasts are for you. Thanks, Fizzle Team. Well, thank you, Garrick GGJ in Australia. You know our goal, dear listeners, to help you make progress on your business every single week because there's nothing better than doing that very thing we talked about early on, earning an independent living, doing something that you care about, choosing a topic and a business that gives you energy instead of taking it away from you. And of course, hopefully it doesn't cause any suffering in the world. You know what? Don't be a jerk. All right, guys. And speaking of not being a jerk, leave us an iTunes review. That's where I was heading with that. Uh, I wouldn't be a jerk move if you left us an iTunes review. I'd love to read your, read your uh, review there. Okay. That's it for fizzleshow.co slash 207. I've been Chase Warman-Reeves. See you later. See you next Tuesday. Thanks so much for listening. Find care. Take care. Serve hard and dig in. Talk to you next Fizzle Tuesday. See you later.